0: You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit ScreeninginKingston.com. It's hard to believe that here we are at the end of August... 2021 can can you believe it taylor
1: we'll have one more august episode and that's it
0: oh really at the Wait. calendar
1: i'm looking at
0: oh you're right the 31st there you go is a
1: tuesday but never yes. mind forget it Mike. <laughs> so, <I,
0: so>,
1: <laughs> <I do>, <laughs> this late in august it does feel like the end of august you know yeah. what i mean like
0: yeah i we're, do yeah
1: <laughs> we're in the dog days of summer now
0: it's it's I'll open the show next week this exact same way. We'll just redo this <laughs> opening again next week in the same thing. But next
1: week, really, like, let's face it, the 31st, it might as well be September. So well, I'll, I'll I guess that's what my you. head was
0: this is the last full week of yes. August, Right. Like, yes. that's kind of what I was thinking. Um, but no, I actually I legitimately thought our show next week was on the would be on the first or second. Um, but you're right. We've got another uh, August episode, so yeah. whatever. <laughs> For, forget I said that. <laughs> Welcome to Screening in Kingston. Um, We've got, we got a lot where of time, cool stuff. Where
1: time has no meaning, Mike.
0: Yeah, zero meaning. It's never it never had meaning here. Um, we got a lot of stuff coming up. We've got a, a great episode. We've got uh, a couple fan questions to go through. And then uh, I'm going to be talking In the Heights. And Taylor, you're going to be reviewing uh, Love Witch.
1: Um, Not... Not Dragon Love. Not Dragon Love,
0: which is what I thought thought. it was called. Yes.
1: Listeners, he texted me this morning saying, What was that movie you were watching? Dragon Love? No.
0: (laughs) I knew (laughs) it was something mythology (laughs) connected to romance. The Love Witch. Okay. Um, Yeah. And didn't you, you had said something about it being an older movie, but didn't it come out like 2016 or something?
1: Yes, that's what I meant by older. Like it Oh, like old, a new... just a couple years it's old. Not it's a not a new oh, release. Oh, I see.
0: Oh, okay, okay. I hear you. Yeah, I was just confused because when I looked it up, I was trying to find a picture to, to promote And you were thinking it.
1: it'd be like black and
0: white? Well, yeah, kind of. <laughs> like when you said an older movie, I thought like maybe it's like an 80s movie. Like it sound, To me, it sounds like a movie in the 80s. So um, I was a little surprised that it said 2016. And even yeah. some of the pictures I found, though. We're, we're a little bit like this. Seems old.
1: <laughs> I'll I'll talk I'll talk about it when I give give the review because, okay. um, like Dan walked behind me, like walked behind the computer while I was watching, it and he was like, "When did this movie come out?"
0: <laughs> okay, but it's
1: part. So. It's all. It'll be part of my review. It'll gotcha, make gotcha. sense once okay, I. Okay, that sounds good.
0: Talk. About um, and then we're going to end the episode this week with a with a fun surprise for everybody. Um, a certain we're doing a certain thing again. And it's going to be a, a lot certain
1: of fun. segment,
0: certain segment may or may not be making its return to talk about one thing. But it's it, fans of the show, fans of Taylor reacting to things, fans of certain apparently futuristic predicting games we've done on this show. Uh, you're going to love this. So you're going to want to stick around because it's uh, it's going to be something special. But we have a lot to do before we get there, including fan questions. So let's get started with some fan questions. Yeah. Um, and with the, the, I haven't again, I haven't actually had a chance to read these over, but from who they're from, it runs the gambit in terms of uh of we've got someone new. I don't think's written in before. And we've got a couple a uh, couple old favorites. So we'll go through them. Uh, first, this comes from Kylie, Katie. who I don't think is written in before. Uh, Kylie says uh, this constant conversation around Nick Cage doesn't make any sense to me. He's won an Oscar. Shouldn't that put an end to the question of him being a good actor or not? Uh, He won uh, a Best Actor award, so that should be the end of it, regardless of how weird he may be as a person. His peers, critics, and the Academy all recognize his work. This show needs a new bit.
1: (laughs) But that's not... This is, like, part of the discourse. That's not just, like, us talking about Nick Cage. Like, across the board, people don't know what to... uh, (laughs) They don't know what to think of him. This isn't a screening in Kingston problem.
0: (laughs) Um, (laughs) This show needs a new bit. That made me laugh. Um, Yeah, listen, this is my opinion of, of winning awards and stuff. If you do 70 movies in less than 30 years and talk at random volume, you might accidentally win an Oscar too. So like it's not, I don't feel like that's that impressive considering the volume of the work. And how sporadic his performances are in terms of he just runs the gambit. Yeah, I, I feel like, of course, he would accidentally win an Oscar. Like, it just happened. And like, I, I want to find a list of people who've won Oscars. It doesn't necessarily look at matter. Like look Glenn
1: Close being nominated for an Oscar and a Razzie in the same year for the same role. So clearly I awards think that's have- the first,
0: <laughs> I don't think that's the first time that's happened.
1: <laughs> I don't think so. But no, clearly- I mean, not
0: Glenn Close, but other people.
1: Clearly the awards have no meaning is what I'm trying to say. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you, Mike. I don't think just because you won an Oscar means, like, hipto facto, you're a great actor. Um, listeners of the show know that I don't necessarily put a lot of stock in the Oscars. Um, I just think it's funny that she thought it was, like, a bit on our show. Like, no, I think the- we're not the only people having this debate.
0: And didn't we only talk about it because – like when did Nick Cage come up again last? Like the last movie, right? We talked pig a couple weeks ago. Was that
1: Yeah. Sometimes we did bring we talk it up. La- like yeah, if did a movie we about it last week? I don't remember. If a movie's coming out with him in it, sometimes the, the old that old chestnut comes back up. But And
0: he he was the crux of our first episode. Like our first episode of Screening Kings yeah, ever was about was about Nick Cage. So um yeah, I don't know. I mean it's, it's it's going to continue to be brought up because I think I, I think you're right, Taylor, Where when you say like it's it, Nick Cage has confused the world of of cinema fans, of actors, of the arts. Like, I don't think people can define Nicolas Cage it's even a, and it fascinates us.
1: It's even a bit on community. Did you watch community when it was?
0: On oh, TV? community. Yes, of course. There is
1: yeah. Abed takes a, a a Nick Cage course like i don't remember that's a a subplot and he has like a he has like a breakdown because he's like trying that's like
0: in that's in like season four or five or something that's yeah yeah i know the first three seasons of community very very well
1: yeah it's later on and he you know he's trying to figure out like what the allure of nick cage is and it's a whole i'm gonna
0: watch that tonight i'm gonna
1: find that episode i'm gonna
0: watch that tonight that's funny That's especially because it's Abed of all people who tries to figure out Nick He's trying
1: to he's trying to figure out people. And yeah, he's trying to figure (laughs) out Nick Cage.
0: If you want to try to figure out people, Nick Cage is not a great example. (laughs) Like like if aliens invaded Earth, we wouldn't want to give them Nick Cage. Like that wouldn't be what you'd want to do. And that's funny because, yeah, Abed's entire journey on that show is trying to figure out and relate to people better. And uh, the fact that he studies Nick Cage—that's funny. I'm gonna—I'm gonna try to find that episode. I don't remember it, but it was probably in one of the later years where I watched it very sporadically. Yeah. So yeah, I will—I will look up that episode. That's very funny.
1: It's on Netflix.
0: Okay, I will check out that. Um, let's go to uh, let's go to Tyler Vance uh, next and get this over with. Um, <laughs> joking, we, we love Tyler. We on love the show. him. Uh, but uh, considering the title of his email. Looking forward to this. Um, okay, so, <laughs> so <laughs> as normal with Tyler Vance, just I'm I'm looking I'm just quickly like scanning the email now. I'm gonna like pause at the end of every one of his paragraphs just in case we want to comment because okay. it looks like there's a lot in here, lot um, to unpack. Yeah, that's uh, what it looks like. Um, like his t- the email is titled "A Rotting Knight Rides In," so you know what this is. It's
1: going to be about the Green Knight.
0: It's going to be about the Green Knight, and he probably loved it. Oh, probably. Um, Uh, Hi, Taylor and Mike, Uh, I return to this podcastical plane (laughs) Awaiting for, <laughs> awakening from a deep metaphorical slumber betwixt the realms of life and death. Oh, geez, what's been going on with
1: Did he get COVID?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's sort of what Is this a work thing? Because I know his work's busy. Like, is, is he just working hard? Or did he get COVID? Oh, gosh. Um, he, wanted, he said, to perform the duty that has been set forth by me uh, by whatever deity uh, handles such things. Indeed, I have returned to bicker of experimental, abstract, impressionistic film. Uh, the Green Knight was a glowing beacon, oh God, uh, that lured me back into the movie theater for the first time since early March 2020. Wow. I went with four friends, um, each of us spread out and masked appropriately for the task at hand, and within the first 20 minutes of runtime, I knew three things without question. One, I was going to love this movie. Two, everyone I brought with me was going to hate it. And three, <laughs> and three I was going to end up writing a long-winded and unasked for email to screening at Kingston about it. Um, so before we get to his description of Green Knight, um, I can't believe he brought friends to this kind of movie.
1: I, You know, originally I was going to go with friends and I'm glad I didn't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, why would you ever put anyone you know... Or care about the slightest. I didn't know it this was going to be.
1: I didn't know it was going to be that art housey.
0: Yeah, that's true. Like, that's I true. thought
1: it was going to be more like a traditional. Like, I I saw some headlines being like, oh, this movie goes places that American film never would. Which is probably true. So I should have. I guess I should have known. But. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: To, to what realms are they talking about? Like, confusion and, and utter, like. Like, I don't even know how to describe that movie. Like, it's the problem. I have a hard time coming up with words. So hopefully Tyler, he usually does do a very good job of wordsmithing things. But I can't even, like, I still can't describe this movie to people, Taylor. Like, I, I have such a problem explaining what exactly is in this thing.
1: Oh, I just was talking with someone over the weekend. He went with his parents and his brother. They walked out. Really? They didn't. So I said, oh, you didn't make it to, like the scene you know oh, the, the scene, scene mike we can't talk about because yeah, we're the a scene pg-13 we're not 13 we're not show
0: not to talk about but whoa, that and happened he said,
1: no he went no <laughs> i didn't see that so they must have walked out prior yeah,
0: that, so that's the second story of someone walking out that i heard because our our friend matt salton walked out of this film
1: oh really um,
0: yeah uh so there you go that tells you that there, there are people walking out of this thing it's, it's bold. very interesting. It's
1: bold to walk out of a movie. It is. I don't it's think very I've bold. ever I don't think I've ever walked out of a movie. I, I paid minus- close
0: once. <laughs> yeah, I, I came close one time, but I stayed. Um, but yes, I've never walked out. What either.
1: movie was it? Do you remember?
0: No. This would have no. Um no. Wait, what movie was it? I know cuz I can see myself sitting in the theater being like I could just leave. There's barely anyone here. And then I stuck it out, but I don't remember what movie it was. It was, it wasn't a movie that was egregiously bad. It was just done for, like, it was just forgettable. Right. Like, it, there was just nothing.
1: You're like, I'm bored. I could yeah, it was that.
0: more of a boredom thing. And maybe I was in a mood or something. But I've never, even when something's really, really bad, I've never even contemplated leaving. Cause I'm just like, I've got to see how this ends. <laughs> like, I just have to see how they ruin this ending. So.
1: I've wanted to turn off movies uh, I wanted to turn off Antichrist, but the person I was watching with, watching it with, forced me to finish
0: it. Oh, see, I've done that, but I've come, I've often come back, right? To, to, you know, like I've turned it off, being like, I'm clearly not. I did. Like, do you ever get that where you're clearly just you don't know until you start, but then you find out you're not in the mood for this. Like, whatever the type of movie it is, you're just like, I'm not in this, the mood right I don't now. I feel this.
1: like I always am like, while well, it's on, I at least I can, like, scroll on my phone. <laughs> yeah, you know that's what true. I mean? Yeah, like, that's true. Yeah, we live in a world point. now where, like, if you're not really into your media, you can just open up a smaller device and engage with other media at the same time. But,
0: Let's get back to Tyler yeah. <laughs> where, where we are here. <laughs> We've lost ourselves. Um, anyway, so Tyler continues saying, um, so th- these are the things that, that he liked about it. For it is hard to think of a more Tyler movie than The Green Knight. Its perform, uh, it performance runs the gambit from loud and boisterous to quiet and naturalistic. Its color scheme uh, is in the grays and whites of fog, with trickles of thematically potent reds and greens shining all the way through. Uh, its, shall we say, deliberate pacing and editing choices are invictive are, are of a poem's similar uh, deliberate cadence. Uh, its ambiguous ending has uh, remained tucked away in the back of my mind now for weeks, and that soundscape, y'all know, I love a good off the beaten path soundscape. Um, listen, <laughs> yeah, the the ending wasn't the only thing in that movie that I I found was amb- ambiguous. Like uh, that was part of my problem with it. I will say, he I don't know, up I don't even think it are... was
1: ambiguous. Like I thought the ending, no, like I thought, like
0: oh, I thought it was pretty ambiguous. Like, you like thought it was clear because of, the like, the last line said. You thought it was clear what was going to happen?
1: Yeah, when the, you know, I don't want to spoil it for anyone. But, like, I thought,
0: like, yeah, you know, was, he, like,
1: imagined what his life was going to be like if we one should, thing happened.
0: Can, can we just talk about that for two seconds? Because I actually kind of wish they had not montaged through that. Because to me, that was kind of really interesting. Like that. that I wish that of the was the film whole was movie. Actually, yeah, like, <laughs> that was the most interesting part of the movie. And it was just a 20-minute montage. But anyway, yes. Um, so, yo, you don't you don't think it was um, you don't think it was ambiguous.
1: I think it was like a wasn't it kind of like a metaphor for like courage. See, <laughs> and like the I, fact that he accepted his fate.
0: Taylor, I just think you're giving this movie way too much credit. Like, I, I understand that Tyler's written in about it and he likes it, and it's a Tyler Vance movie. But like,
1: hey, I. Don't know. No, I I didn't give it a glowing review, but the one, I don't think the <laughs> ending was necessarily
0: the problem. <laughs> no, well, that's the thing. Like, I I think it's an ambiguous film. Fair um, enough. And and everything a lot could in...
1: mean something in a movie. Yeah, like that.
0: and I do think like it's interesting. And maybe a couple, maybe a couple weeks from now, we could do like some sort of a small spoiler talk on Green Night because I would once the movie's been out a little bit longer, I would like to talk about the ending with you because it's interesting that you don't find it because I kind of agree. With Tyler, I found it a little ambiguous as to what was happening. Um, but I, I kind of want to hear your uncensored thoughts on it. So maybe we'll we'll pick this up later.
1: Maybe because the ending was so abrupt that I just, I don't you know. Like, like, oh, it's done. It's done. Okay, that's what it means. <laughs> like, I, I didn't have time to process. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we'll <laughs> unpack it later.
0: Um, I will say he is bringing up some of the elements of the film that I, I did think was good good like i think i even commented i, I liked the general look yeah, of the film the visually it was very nice and the soundscape was pretty good like i, I don't think the soundscape took anything away from, from the action which like a good soundscape needs to um i just think that i don't know i just think there was the between the fox and that weird place where the scene happens I, I, to me that was ambiguous and like even why we're here what's going on with his mom like all that stuff to me, that was all ambiguous yeah, as well. Yeah,
1: so. that's stuff I agree with. And you know what's funny? I didn't have a problem with the soundscape, but the person I was talking to who walked out of the movie, he hated the soundtrack.
0: Oh, really? I did, See, I didn't find it annoying. I didn't have an issue either. That's I don't strange.
1: Know. Clearly, that's... this movie is inspiring very...
0: Uh, Strong intense, emotions all over. Yeah, yeah intense <laughs> yeah. emotions. <laughs> people, are, people are really, really unhappy or very happy with this. Um So Tyler continues and says, I I do not stand here expecting to convince or or detract. Uh, I am no knight of legends, uh, but I am a crazed creature of the experimental wood. My bones snapped and crackling with the intensity of a fallen tree, looking to train blows for a film that might be back to the theater going full. The Green Knight is not a plot-driven film, nor is it necessarily a character-driven one. It is a film driven (laughs) by invoking images, colliding, and diverging thematic intentions and visceral experience, a.k.a. a film very much made for me and my ilk. Sincerely, Tyler, I should have picked a ghost story for our experimental film club, Vance. P.S. The pilot of Enterprise is queued up on my Netflix, awaiting for the word to be given. That's our, That's a Star Trek reference to, we're going to make Taylor watch uh, Enterprise, the pilot yeah. to Enterprise. Yes. So our now next. Tyler's waiting. So. <laughs> our,
1: our next, next uh,
0: fan, we pick. We. Yeah, fan we'll, pick episode. We'll do that eventually. I don't know. Sometimes uh, fall seems like a very good Star Trek time. So we'll, we're sometime in the fall, uh, I guess fall's getting close. So no, soon,
1: like we'll, two weeks <laughs> away. Or... A
0: couple weeks, yes, yeah, so a couple weeks from now. I'm sure we'll we'll talk. Start well,
1: especially because not to be doom and gloom, but we better get in our theater going experiences while we can, mm-hmm. considering what the case count is like across yep. the province. But. Slowly
0: going out. I don't think we're going to shut the
1: theaters down again. I just don't know if I'm going to be comfortable going to the theater. Yeah,
0: I, I agree. They might do like, okay, theaters are at a very small capacity and if, if you're fully vaccinated and feel comfortable, go. But I, I agree with you. Like, even I might I might go for special things, but I might take a break. Yeah. And you're right. Like that's a good time to do some of these fan picks. Like if fans want us to do and talk about certain things, um, then that's a great time to do. We'll do our Halloween
1: episode.
0: We'll definitely do a Halloween episode. Oh yeah. Everyone loves I'm dying to see
1: Candyman.
0: Candyman. Yeah. We'll, we'll see, we'll talk Candyman. And, and uh, you said you'd, um, you'd watch um, uh, Emily Rose.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: So maybe we'll do an Emily Rose and Candyman episode kind of double episode. feature yeah that'll, be, that'll be Halloween yeah and then we'll do the Star Trek Enterprise pilot thing which I'm I'm just I'm very interested to see what you think so we'll uh, we'll get into that uh last fan question comes from Josh uh who says uh, oh hey oh he's got a question for each of us cool. uh, my my question is would you like to see a movie adaptation of Hamilton similar to In the Heights or do you prefer the way that Hamilton was filmed as a theater production yeah, I prefer the way Hamilton was filmed for for all for all musicals. Um, I would go as like far as if you are watching
1: it on stage.
0: Yes, and but but intentionally, so so they they did a performance in front of a live audience, but but with the intention of we're going to film it, so you can do some filmy things, you can do some stuff with the camera if you want to, you can get a little more creative. But yes, I prefer that. To I will go as far to say this: I would trade in every musical movie that exists right now burn all copies of them and destroy them. If the promise was from now on, every musical that gets a movie is going to be done in this vein. I think it's worth it. Cause I, I can name on one hand the amount of good movie musicals there are. Um, so I think that that's the way I would prefer to see all, all musicals done. So, uh, you know
1: I, mean? I don't know. Like I think Hairspray as a musical is really good and it's not filmed like that
0: hairspray's all right hairspray's all right but again we talked about this a couple weeks ago where hairspray and the producers were made for he, right they, they were, first were they made were for movies me. first yeah. so they kind of can cheat a little bit Got because it. you have this movie to go off of and they're kind they were already made to be a movie and then put on stage and then put the stage production was put back into a movie so i don't know yeah like i don't think hairspray or the producers should should count so much.
1: What about Jesus Christ Superstar? Not the one. Much prefer. Not the
0: one. Like okay, I would still much prefer seeing it, uh, like a, a stage production. Yes, like if I, if you could film, like I would for Jesus Christ Superstar, I would still do that. Like any any of them, I would still. If you give me the choice, they were meant written and created to be seen in a certain way. So let's watch them in that way. If you're going to do an adaptation where I always, you know, ding musicals for us, you have to adapt it then. You have to do something drastically different or adapt it in a way that, that works for the medium you're using. Like the example, like I keep, you got a painting. You're not going to be like, okay, this painting is now a sculpture. No, it's a painting. You want to make it into a sculpture? You want to do an adaptation of this painting and make it a sculpture? Then you're going to have to use the tools that you need to use in order to make a sculpture. So it's the same with, with theater and film. They're two completely different ways to tell stories. So you've got to use them in those ways. So I would still much rather prefer watching Jesus Christ Superstar on a stage, put a, plop a camera there, and there you go. Because that's the way it was meant to be seen. All right. Uh, Taylor, your question. How early is too early to start getting into the Halloween spirit? Never <laughs> with too Warren early. Movie fest, yeah. There you go. Never
1: too early, obviously. Fest. Um, I would say like end of July, beginning of August. I'm already thinking about Halloween. Like I was thinking about Halloween a couple weeks ago, and then we got this horrible heat wave, and so <laughs> yeah, uh, I feel like we are definitely in summer still. But once you feel that crisp in the air, which we did feel about like two weeks ago before this heat this current heat wave. Um my thoughts are definitely turning to Halloween. Like I was hoping Home Sense would already have decorations. Um yes, my mind is definitely going there. So you know, Mike, I probably will see Candyman soon, but I'll save our review for October. When is like, it won't... open? It's already in theaters this week.
0: See that I think uh, is is a mistake. Candyman and, and any any horror movie I think they like in September I'd be fine with. But like I, I think people should wait till late September, early October to release their film.
1: There's already and there's another one. It's called um The Night House. I was reading about it today. That's also in theaters right now. And it's all like a horror psychological thriller kind of like ghost Ghosty. So, but the problem with COVID, right, is that these movies were supposed to come out last year, and I think the studios are just trying to get them out, right? Yeah, I agree with you. September, October, November are the best times for horror movies in theaters. Like it's weird to go to a horror movie during a heat wave.
0: Yeah, like I, I, especially like in October, especially when it's cool, like that's when I really want to get out and see a, a horror movie. Because when you come out of the theater, it's going to be like pitch black yep. outside. And like it's not. It's, it's kind of yeah.
1: cool. It's cooler, you know. Like little still, more
0: mysterious. still, at like 7.38, it's still like pretty light out. So it's, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's like, this isn't scary. <laughs> Got to get into the evening. Um, but anyway, thank you. Thank you to Kylie, Josh, and Tyler for your fan questions. Tyler, keep that enterprise queued up on netflix we'll let you know when we get there um okay let's talk some movies uh love witch and in the heights uh taylor do you want to go first i want to talk about love witch we'll go in chronological order of when they came out
1: sure yeah (laughs) so it is a little bit odd that i like i went back to 2016 and watched a movie but i had mentioned it last episode queens put on this witch symposium about um well, witches, right? Witches and witchcraft, and like <laughs> modern yeah. witchcraft, like representations. I think it was co-sponsored by the the film department, but um, they were essentially, you know, having conversations about the re- the resurgence of witches in media, but also like how they've been portrayed in the past, and right there was like there was like workshops on like magic because you know some people consider themselves witches in real life, you know, like spiritually, whatever. So they had all these, um, these, uh, workshops and panels and it was pretty, you know, pretty interesting, but, um, not being a grad student anymore, I don't necessarily have time during the day to do these kind of things, but they did have a screening of the 2016 film, the love witch. And they all, the movie was followed w- with, um, Sorry, it was followed by a discussion with the director. And unfortunately, I had to go to bed very early because the next day I had to go get ready for a wedding. But um, they sent me the recording. So I'm hoping to watch the Q&A afterwards. And while I'm talking, Mike, maybe you can Google the director of The Love Witch. yeah, Just so that, um, you know, I want to give her her due. But, so, this movie came out when I was living in D.C., and Tyler said that The Green Knight is a Tyler movie, well, The Love Witch is a Taylor movie. It's set in, twenty. it was made in 2016, but the director, I think she was responsible for, like, she was responsible for all of the production design, so uh, it is such... You know, sometimes we talk about, uh, oh, the movie, like the vision wasn't right or, you know, it right. wasn't consistent. This movie is consistent, right? Like she um, painstakingly, you know, selected costuming, makeup, sets. And it's interesting because everything looks like it's the 1960s. Like when yeah, you were a... looking at this stills, Mike, you you know, you, you're like, well, the movie came out in 2016, but it looks old. It's it definitely like look old. the production design is all 2016, but there's like little what's that word anachronisms, like things that are don't that don't match the time period. So at oh, one okay. point there's like, and this is unexplained in the movie. They don't explain this, so it would be that's why I hope I can go back and listen to the Q and A if I have time. But there's like a everything looks like 1960s, but then maybe they'll pan to the street and the cars are like modern cars. Right, And there's like a, there's a scene where uh, a a character pulls out a cell phone, but that's like the only time you see a cell phone. But that only happens that like once Yeah, the only once. And then there's (laughs) like one scene where like the police officer is like typing on a a desktop computer. And again, like never mentioned again, never never shown again. But I think those were like deliberate choices. Yeah, done, done, Um, all
0: done very intentionally. yeah. Yeah. So the director's name is Anna Biller. Yes. Uh, who also is also the writer? She also wrote it. Wrote yeah. and directed.
1: And it's so um, similar to promising young women, young woman, where like when it's the writer and director, when the director and the writer is the same person. And I know, I know, Greta Gerwig does this too. But like, it's so authentically their vision for better or for worse. You know what I mean? Like everything goes together. You're inhabiting their world, and with this movie, like you are inhabiting this world where like witchcraft exists mm-hmm. and um, it's, it's like an alternative universe in the 1960s. That's kind of how I, des- I describe it. It's kind of like an alternative universe where like if the 1960s just kept going and maybe we have cell phones and like yeah. witches are real.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, and what you're describing, like again, in the hands of someone who isn't passionate, who doesn't have a vision can be messy. But if it works, which these things can work, like experimental film, for example, it can work and it can work really well for a lot of audiences. But I think you can tell, like you're saying, when someone this like this director, writer is probably so passionate about it. This is their project and they're going to put everything yeah. they have into it. And you can tell that that care is there.
1: So because of that, this movie is not going to be for everyone. Like the acting is... And this is, like, David Lynch gets this problem a lot, gets this critique a lot, where, like, oh, like, he, the performances are not good, but, like, he's on purpose trying to get bad performances out of actors. Like, this acting is very, like, 1960s hammer horror. So it's a little over the top. It's, like, a little bit campy, you know, um, kind of B-list, but it's, it's, kind of these are all like markers of that film genre like like 1960s hammer horror like very bright colors like the blood is like not normal blood color it's like right like i don't know how like it's almost orange the blood you know what i mean like (laughs) it's like and all of that stuff i love like i love old horror movies from the 60s so if you're not some people are gonna watch this movie and just think it's bad You know what I mean? Like, Oh, like bad acting, bad dialogue, but it's very much trying to, it's like a different, I don't know. It's like different way of making movies, right? Like we make movies differently now, but that's how they made movies in the sixties. So it is going to be off putting to some people. um, And I recognize that I, I really like it. I, this was, this was only the second time I've seen it, but I think it holds up. I still really enjoyed it. I, um, production design was like gorgeous you know the the plot's interesting um so yes i think this is a great movie for me it's a see it but again with the the caveat or like the the disclaimer that not everyone is gonna love it you know what i mean like yeah and and i
0: think from your description most people should be able to tell like is this a movie that's for me like do those things appeal to you at all or are you going to get frustrated or confused you know like it's you got to yeah. know yourself.
1: Like, I kind of think like if you like the original wicker man, you know what I mean? Like from the seventies that like with, a, uh, I I think it's Christopher Lee who like plays the, yeah. One of the leads. It's like a little bit corny now, like when you watch these movies, but I don't know, like sometimes a little bit of corny is fun. And I'm sure like, I have to watch the movie a couple more times or like read some film analysis. Like, the movie is trying to say something <laughs> about like <laughs> gender, like gender and like feminism and like I think it's just like a lot to unpack and that's another right. reason why I'd like really like to wa- watch the Q&A cuz I'm sure they'll yeah. get into it in the Q&A but um the movie is saying something. I'm just not quite sure what it is yet. Um so there's things, you know, Things, there's layers to unravel upon multiple rewatches.
0: Well, it's interesting because, it, you know, yes, it's, uh, on the surface, this seems like a very random pick, but it actually kind of goes in along with a lot of the things we've been talking about, like what Tyler brought up in the past couple of weeks about about film, like how sometimes those experimental things, not quite knowing what the director was going for, sometimes still work for the film. And it, it like things can things can resonate for you in ways that you don't even know 100% why they do, or you know why they do, but that doesn't mean there aren't layers to unpack in it. There's not more to learn about it. And it sounds like you would love that talk with the, with the director. So yeah. you, did, did they post it online? Like, can you go get it? And
1: I think you have had, you had to, um, I don't know if it's open to the public. I got an email. I got the link email to me because I had registered for the event in advance. Right. Um, I'll for like if people are interested, I'll I'll look in to see whether or not the events were posted publicly. The um, they were trying to be very accessible and inclusive, and it sounds like they want the email I got was like we want the com- conversation to continue after the the uh, the symposium. But the problem with academia academia sometimes like university events is that uh it's not always as accessible as they think it is, right? Like, yep. oh, it's accessible to <laughs> the university community, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but the university community is very different than the general public. So I don't For actually sure. know how. And the I would be surprised because the symposium was free. Like, I didn't have to pay anything to register. So all the more reason that it should be made accessible to the public. But I'll have to look to see if those links there was a there was a talk with one of the actresses from the craft for instance Oh, like it was a it was a it was a talk about um uh like how like minorities and witchcraft in in film and like representation that would that would have been a really great talk so I didn't register for that one but if that links online I'm sure a lot of our fans would want to watch that one too or yeah watch it too because I know we have fans that like the craft so It had a lot of interesting events, which is a shame, you know, it's a shame that this is like one of the reasons why I got out of academia, right, is that sometimes you just feel like you're talking in a vacuum. Like it's not enough. There's not necessarily a lot of public community engagement with these kind of things. They did try to advertise it more widely, but I don't know how many people outside of Queens actually heard about the event.
0: Yeah, no. I, I don't I didn't hear anything. It was a week long. It.
1: it was it was yeah. a whole week.
0: Yeah, I hadn't heard anything.
1: And you're pretty I, dialed I, in, Mike.
0: I try to be, yeah. <laughs> I uh, other than guessing what the I guess I didn't hear you last week when you said love which I thought it was like love dragons or
1: Love
0: Dragon. Something. Dragon yeah, Love. I, I, yeah, it was something I the witch thing, I didn't see. I knew love was in the title. And like, you
1: knew it was occulty or like. <laughs> yeah,
0: something. Like, I knew it was something Mystical. like that. Yeah, I just couldn't remember what. I don't know. I don't think there is a movie called Dragon Love, but it could be. <laughs> I'm, could.
1: Sh- I'm sure there is. Yeah, I promise.
0: That's true. Am I saying? Of course there is. Uh, but there you go. Okay. So go see or try to find a copy of Love Witch.
1: Yeah. I, again, my. I was very busy because one of my closest and dearest friends got married this past weekend and I was in the wedding party. So my last like two weeks have been a little bit busy. I should have come more prepared for this episode. I don't know if it's available on streaming platforms. um, But again, I can look into that and maybe we'll post it on our social media. I always try to let you guys know where to access these things, but it is yeah, more. If it, you find it we can yeah. post
0: it on social media and people can take a look for sure.
1: I would say it's not a mainstream. It didn't go to big theaters when it came yeah. out.
0: Yeah. I, I and I think like I think weddings are an acceptable reason to be for, for, for to be busy. Yeah especially, to with er- yeah. especially with everything that's going on. It's just good to see people getting out and trying to do things again and, and it's, you know, it
1: so I think nice everyone to, can understand it. To feel normal.
0: Yeah. For the brief moment before we go back to uh, who knows, (laughs) um, there you go. That's that's love. Wish okay. I'm going to talk about in the heights. Um,
1: This was a fan request.
0: This was a fan request (laughs) to to review in the heights. Did come out this year. I mean, it is a new movie. It it uh, it did come out this year. So, um, yeah it uh, it's um Lin Manuel Miranda who did uh, Hamilton uh, is the writer. Uh, of this one. Now this musical actually came well before Hamilton. So it was, it was on Broadway. This was his first musical, uh, that, yeah, that he did, that he wrote, he starred in as well, just like Hamilton. Uh, he, he starred in it, um, and wrote all the music and that type of thing. So in the Heights, uh, it's directed by the director of, um, Crazy Rich Asians, uh, John Chu, who's done a couple different things, but Crazy Rich Asians is definitely his, his biggest film. That's always uh, this, a
1: bold choice, eh? Having people not involved in musical theater direct to musical.
0: It is. It's a bold choice. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you never know quite what someone's going to do with a film. Um, and do they understand musical theater? And how's this going to work? And how's the music going to integrate? Because this is a, you know, this is a movie that I don't know much about the musical i i know it existed but i don't know much about the stage show so i there were a couple things i don't know the answer to it seems like that it, it's one of those musicals that's sung all the way through even though the movie isn't the movie has dialogue in between songs oh but you, it,
1: you have a feeling that maybe there isn't dialogue in the stage yeah production?
0: yeah because the, the dialogue didn't really match and wasn't great um And it didn't seem to quite fit. And I have a feeling just, and again, I'm basing off of the only thing else that Lin-Manuel Miranda has done in musical theater, which is Hamilton, which is sung all the way through. There's no dialogue in Hamilton. It's, it's like a, I can't remember the term, operetta or whatever they call it, where it's like sung all the way through. Like Les Mis is like that. And and there's tons of musicals that are like that. And um, this one just seemed, the dialogue was, was at times egregiously bad that I don't I don't know if they were just trying to like shove anything in there and sometimes it was like short and kind of like oh we've just got to we've just got to get you this plot point that was maybe cut out in a singy songy thing we just got to make sure you get this plot point okay now we can get back to the music like that's what it kind of seemed like um so I'm saying some negative things but I actually didn't hate this movie (laughs) um I thought In the Heights was actually okay it was it was better than the average musical movie. I don't think it's quite as good as like Chicago is, but I definitely would say it's it's better than the average. Um, the music is pretty good. There's not like again. <laughs> You can always compare it back to Hamilton, because that's what people know most, and that's his most famous thing. I understand now why Hamilton is famous over in the Heights, because in the Heights music is fine, but it's not as catchy. You're not singing tunes. You're not coming out of it with a tune stuck in your head. Um, there's a lot of, like, kind of forgettable songs, which kind of surprised me. Um, it's And it's all very lyrical. Like, his stuff is, like, get get a lot of lyrics out in a very short period of time. Um, And he uses a lot of like pop music and a lot of like different things, like, which is like kind of what's cool about in the Heights is it would have been a Broadway first for a lot of the music. And that's one thing that he talks about a lot is because of, A couple uh, musicals that he went to see kind of in the early 90s, like Rent or Hair, which was in the 80s or or 70s, wherever it came out. Those were kind of new and new and different musicals. And it gave him the confidence of like, oh, I could put my music up on stage. Mm. Like there's there is a variety here. There is. It doesn't have to
1: be show tunes.
0: Exactly. Like it's not going to be the same um and in the heights definitely has that like it's it's got a lot of different music varieties and lots of stuff that you kind of don't hear it is very similar to his other work like he also because he also composed for like moana the disney show and i guess he has a new film that's out on netflix right now um where he did all the music and voices a monkey called vivo or something uh some sort of dancing monkey anyway i don't know <laughs> <laughs> That's the, the, the
1: dancing monkey movie, you know, that he's one. very
0: busy. He's got lots of stuff going on. Um and yeah, In the Heights is 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 pretty good. You know, I I I think actually the direction, which is where we kind of got off on this tangent here, is is the direction of it is actually quite strong. Um this director did things that I think you should do with a musical, which is do something a little bit different to enhance what's going on, like get the core theme of what the music is, for example, and do something cool cinematography with it. And he actually did that. Like there's a scene, like, you know, there's like a a love song and they're kind of dancing and walking on the side of a building. Like it's not, it's something you couldn't accomplish on stage. Um, There's cinematography and moments in this where what the, one of the main characters, Vanessa, she's like a costume and, 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 um, clothing designer. Like she has all these ideas and is always like grabbing fabric from anywhere and like turning it into something. And there's this one of her big songs. She like walks up, looks at like a, you know, big building in New York city and like fabric is like falling over top of it. And it's like, you couldn't do that on stage and have it be as effective. So I actually liked some of the choices that he made. He did something a little different. He, he used film well to kind of convey things. I could have used a little more of that. Um, but yeah, o- overall, like this cast was phenomenal with the exception of the lead guy. But I'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> um, uh, I actually thought like, again, the opposite of Hamilton. Hamilton is, is a musical that has like it's really focused on three or four male characters. And the female characters are kind of throw ins and I think are really underdeveloped. Whereas in the Heights, it's the literal opposite. The, the most interesting characters of the two female leads, um, uh, Vanessa. Vanessa. And uh, Nina are the two female leads that you follow. Their stories are way more interesting than the main guy. Like, they had so much more interesting things going on. They were way better developed. I kind of had a sense on, like, what what's at stake for them? Where was their character before now? Where's their character I going hate now? That. What's the struggle? Because
1: then you spend the movie, whenever they turn to the character you don't like, you're like, Ugh.
0: Yeah, and that was the main guy. (laughs) I was like, move on, like go back to like Vanessa or Nina. Like their stories are way more interesting. Um, They had a lot more to do. It's
1: like when you were watching Game of Thrones. And it like goes to a side character you don't care about, but it's gonna be 15 <laughs> just like, minutes with with, yeah. You're like, Can I can <laughs> I fast forward through this fifteen but, minute storyline?
0: The mm-hmm. thing though is in Game of Thrones, you at least got to look forward to that character's probably gonna die yeah. eventually. Yeah. Um, in the heights it was less likely. Um, there was that you know, you weren't gonna necessarily have someone get their head chopped off. Is
1: it so. a is it a famous was the was the pro- so it sounds like the problem was with writing and not not necessarily with the actor like was the male actor okay
0: um no well <laughs> he was okay i'm going to say he was okay so the ma- the guy who played so the the main character um Yusnavi is uh played by Anthony Ramos now anthony ramos is a broadway actor um he was actually in the original production of hamlet Uh, Not Hamlet. oh my God, Hamilton. (laughs) He was in the original production of Hamilton. And he played one of the kind of, he's a little younger than everyone else. So he's one of the kind of like main guys that like chills out with Hamilton all the time. Um, So I think that's the connection. Um, And he could sing, he could sing very well. I just thought like acting wise and what he was given to do was just not that interesting, which would have probably been true on stage as well. Because like, again, Lin-Manuel Miranda played this role in the original Broadway production, and he wrote all the music and lyrics for, for the musical. So I might have felt that way anyway. I just felt like he was he was kind of boring. Like he didn't really bring anything interesting to the table. I didn't find his interest like his character to be that interesting. I really didn't think he had any stakes. Like the whole time, I'm like, what is the big deal with what's going on with you? Like his the entire premise of this of this movie and, and musicals, it takes place in kind of this one or two block radius of, of the Washington Heights in New York city. And it's about this community that, um, pretty much everyone's Puerto Rican. And it's kind of like, you learn a little bit about how each of their parents or grandparents like moved to New York and then, you know, the American dream and like, why are they in New York city and the differences and stuff. His entire thing is his dad owned like this piece of land bar in Puerto Rico. And he has to like decide whether or not he wants to go back. (laughs)
1: <laughs> to like own and the, I, to like work the bar
0: i guess so and he works like that's like a bar and he works like he runs this little like corner store shop thing and he's like oh this was only supposed to be temporary and i'm like it's not that much of a like step up like you own one business here in new york city or you own one business down in puerto rico Like to me it's the same like i didn't really they didn't do a good job of like establishing anything it wasn't even about his parents or his family like he felt more connected um to uh to this uh, again another uh highlight this this older woman in the community is kind of like everyone's grandmother like they all call her um ab- abuela because even though she's not related to any of them she kind of t- took care of everyone right. when they were younger and now that she's older they're all kind of like everyone like goes and hangs out at their house and everything like he feels more connected to her than he does his own parents so like he even says that so i don't understand what his entire like desires wants or, or or anything is in this movie like it just seems like he's re- he, he's really interested in in this girl Vanessa he's really nervous and shy around her he wants to ask her out okay fine that was like a little fun moment he, then he gets to date her and and nothing happens like it's just it doesn't go anywhere for him whereas Vanessa Nina Nina play Nina is this this girl who like came back she went to school somewhere she comes back um, she she dropped out of school and she's kind of feeling like she's lost and she kind of comes back to the community. And this whole musical keeps talking about like what it's like to like escape where you grew up from and coming back and what that's like and that feeling of needing to go somewhere, but also missing the comfort of home and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that again, that, that's all well and good. And it was fine. It's just they did a much better job of establishing why that was affecting Nina, who went away dropped out, felt she let, she was failing and letting people down, and now is coming back and dealing with that. And Vanessa, who's always been stuck here, has always dreamed of doing something more, but believes there's a way to have both, like to have a community to have right. a home and be out in the world and do things. The two of them were like really well developed, really interesting stories, but we spent most of it with this other dude who's like, <laughs> I don't even, I don't care. Like, I don't, his best friend Benny is more interesting than he is. His best friend Benny, who's like really in love with Nina, he's this like really energetic, like crazy energetic guy. And he's wearing a suit. And at the beginning, the opening like number, he's really energetic, crazy, but it looks like, oh, is he like a he's like the successful businessman of here? He he's like a, a, a taxi dispatcher, but he's just crazy. <laughs> like he's he's so highly energetic, and apparently he's like the best taxi dispatcher. Ever And actually, they worked that into the plot really well. There's this blackout. The city goes through a blackout for a couple of days. And that's part of kind of the plot uh, of the movie musical. And uh, he actually plays a really important role um, in getting a generator working and getting cars organized and helping people who needed to go to the hospital and that type of thing. So he, he was even more developed. Like, there was actually things. Like, I could name things that Benny and Nina and Vanessa and all these people did. And I can remember their names. And they're interesting. And the most interesting thing about... This guy is that he was named after U- the U.S. Navy, so his name is like U.S. which is what they call him. But it's spelt U.S. Navy, and it's because his dad saw a boat and said, "My child will be named that," and it was U.S. <S. <S. U.S. <S. Navy <laughs> was written across it, so that was his name. I don't. Th- I think the joke was his dad didn't actually mean that. I think he was pointing at something else. But it, oh, that's I his thought name. it
1: would. I thought maybe it would be they were. Poking fun that English was not his first language,
0: but maybe. But he also like he also like pointed in a direction where in, in the shot in the movie there's well, like things going on, so you don't, yeah, you don't on, really, know so really know what okay. he was pointing at. Fair enough, fair enough. But anyway, I just overall like I'll say because I'm going off all over the place here. But but overall, like there was some really good characterization in in this film. That the dancing and and singing and acting was actually quite good. Um, I think there's a lot of cool things in here. If you really love musical theater, I think you will like this. Um, if you're just like a film fan and you don't mind musicals, I think, I think this is kind of middle ground. Like I would say to me, this would be like a solid six out of 10. Like I'm giving it a stream it. I don't think you need to see this in the theaters. Um, I think you can stream it at home if you're really curious about it. Um, there's there's just a lot still that happens in there that that just for any other movie you'd be like okay the main character isn't even remotely interesting and we're not really going any anywhere with this um, but i did like the direction the dialogue was awful just awful um, but anyway it uh, it was but it was still better than than a lot of the other ones
1: If Hamilton has no dialogue maybe that was Lynn Manuel's what's his what's his full name Lynn
0: Manuel Miranda
1: Lynn Manuel Miranda maybe he you know that was his first stab at dialogue realized it wasn't his forte it's
0: possible yeah it's possible
1: the (laughs) dialogue at a Hamilton I don't
0: know (laughs) that's right it could be him like it could be him like I I don't know if it's the screenwriter or him it just seemed like the dialogue was a little shoehorned in but you're right it could have been it was his first attempt at it and it just didn't work um but yeah did he
1: write Moana
0: he or wrote the music. music. I don't think he, yeah, like, I, I don't think he's ever, like, of any, other than Hamilton, because it's sung all the way through, like, anything else he's worked on, I think he's just, he's done, done the music. music and lyrics for things, but I don't, yeah, I don't think he is a, maybe, maybe he is a, you know, does dialogue stuff, but I don't think I've seen anything where he's done the dialogue for. So, yeah, it's it's possible. Hmm. He was listed for In the Heights as music and lyrics, though, like, he, okay. there wasn't anyone listed. Who wrote the book so I don't know again it's it's hard to tell but we'll see anyway in the heights it's a stream it for me better than the average musical but still kind of like it was still a little all over the place yeah still not still not great but but I would say worth a stream it for sure um okay we're we're bringing a, a segment back we haven't done in a long time so we got something to talk about at the end of the show so let's play that intro for everybody here. It's time for everyone's favorite segment, beloved by every single listener, Not A Great Plan. Let's do a head count here. Your brother, the demigod, a super soldier, living legend who kind of lives up to the legend, a man with breathtaking anger management issues, a couple of master assassins, and you, big fella, you've managed to piss off every single one of them. That was the plan. Not a great plan. That's right, It's Not a Great Plan, where we take a look at headlines in current movie news and see what Tony Stark thinks of them. Here's our first headline.
1: Scarlett Johansson joins Wes Anderson's next film.
0: Not a Great Plan. So this is hilarious, because this was part of the game that Austin made. Yes! Um, for you. <laughs> Never... And this was the thing we had to choose from, and now he's predicted the future. <laughs>
1: Fans of the show may know Mike and I don't talk really outside of the show, but and normally we just wait until it's time to film and then we catch each other up on what we need to talk about. When I saw this headline, I had to send it to Mike right away. Like, I think I Definitely. texted you immediately after I saw it or like I fe- Facebook messaged you and I said, this is literally my worst nightmare. <laughs> Never in my wildest, like, oh, funny game with Taylor, like... In a world where Scarlett Johansson stars in a West Anderson mm-hmm. movie, never, never would I see this coming. Would I see this coming? Um, I get it though. Like, I think people liked her in Jojo Rabbit and like similar feel. And she she's been in a lot of. Um, oh, what's his name? He's canceled now, but isn't canceled because he's still allowed to make movies. Woody Who? Woody Allen.
0: Oh, Woody Allen. She's been in
1: Woody Allen movies. So I think she like, she kind of, I forget that she was in kind of like indie movies. Or you know what I mean? like.
0: She was in Woody Allen movies? I
1: think she's been in at least two Woody Allen movies. Wow. Like she was his muse for a little while. I'm pretty sure.
0: Okay. Um, I I didn't know she was in any of his movies. Okay. Yeah.
1: So I forget that like, oh yeah, she, people think she has range or whatever. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> i don't know i haven't uh i don't know the movie doesn't have a title yet like it's i don't know what who she's gonna play in the movie like i don't know i'm hoping it's just gonna be you know he normally has very large cast so i'm hoping she's gonna play a minor role but yes taylor's first nightmare is coming true two worlds are colliding my love for Wes Anderson and my hate for ScarJo. <laughs> oh my gosh. What am I going to do?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's very interesting because I, I didn't think that that would actually happen. Even though, like, I don't know, there's a lot of actors and, and directors who don't end up working together. Like, you would think that eventually you get to work together, but you didn't. I just, I don't, to me, Scarlett Johansson and, and Wes Anderson doesn't seem to fit. But I guess you're right. When, when bringing up Jojo Rabbit, I guess that that's, that's true. People did like her in, in that role. Um, so maybe that kind of fits on, I'm but yeah, it, it's Wes Anderson. Like it's going to be, it's going to be an ensemble cast. Like, you know, there's going to be tons of people. So
1: coming. yeah, we, they, uh, Tom Hanks has been announced, Scarlett Johansson, Brian Cranston, Margot Robbie. So-
0: you know, a Wilson's going to be in there. He's always got a Wilson brother in there somewhere.
1: Yeah, we'll see. But those are a lot of new people.
0: Yeah, it's Tom Hanks. It's being, West yeah,
1: Anderson? Tom Hanks has never been in it, one of his movies. It's being filmed in Madrid. Little is mm. known about the scripts of the project, but the production team has made reservations at a number of local hotels and houses in the picturesque setting. Blah, 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 There's also no news about the stars of the movie, when the stars of the movie will be on location. These include his regular contributor, contributors, Bill Murray and T- Tilda Swinton, as well as other Classic. major names, Tom Hanks, Carlos... Johansson Margot Robbie Brian Cranston um I also saw that Adrian Brody there's been a trickle of announcements of additional cast members for this um including uh Jason Schwartzman Adrian Brody uh, Liev Schreiber Rupert Friend Hope Davis and Jeffrey Wright several of these actors appeared in the French Dispatch which was Anderson's first movie that hasn't come to our feeders yet um Oh, wow. So far, all that is known about the latest project is that while it may resemble a Western, it is not a Western. And that while it is being filmed in Spain, it has nothing to do with Spain. Oh. (laughs) What's more, none of the actors will be shooting together, given that the plot lines will overlap as a common trait of his movies. In the French Dispatch, for example, which was released in Spain at the end of October, there are more than 25 French and U.S. actors in the cast, but very few of them appear on screen together, given that the plot mm. takes place in various sections of the French Dispatch magazine.
0: Wes Anderson's at it again. See, I mean, I, I bet you it's going to be fine. Like, she'll be she'll be hidden. <laughs> With like, a cast year, that big, dinner.
1: right? Like, I yeah, don't think or, she'll... For
0: you, at least, she'll be good.
1: I'm, oh, fingers crossed, but... It's, I'm surprised. <laughs> you know, he's already filming a new movie, and we haven't even got a chance to see The French Dispatch. But again, that movie was done ages ago, and then COVID, right? So why wouldn't he be on to the next?
0: It would, Yeah, timeline-wise, it would make sense. Like, now he would be starting his next yeah. one. So that, that does make sense. Yeah, we just haven't been able to get the seat. This
1: one. Well, I was um, very excited about the Adrian Brody announcement, and then a week later, ScarJo was announced. So I've just been on a, an emotional roller coaster emotional. about this new Wes yeah. Anderson movie.
0: Well, there you go. Wes Anderson film. We'll have more on that. But we are at the end of this week's episode, so I hope everyone enjoyed getting that news. Scarlett Johansson joining Wes Anderson film. Uh, thanks so much for listening, everybody, and you'll hear from us next week. Go see the movie. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishinaabe peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC podcast network.